welcome into a new edition of the Going Deep podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kevin Masseri, here with Kevin Syracuse. And boy, do we have a Chiefs game to break down. Spent a little bit of time on that. We got a big Cowboys matchup coming at you here this Sunday at 4 o'clock in the slot, the primetime Fox slot this 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 Sunday, as well as some decent-looking weather. Had some weather stats to bring in, but I don't know that they're going to be overly relevant here for this weekend. Um, but we'll talk about them anyways and what we think could happen in that game, as well as give our predictions and maybe go over some playoff simulators. Um, as always, the show is brought to you by Sons of Erie www.sonsofairy.com. They're running a huge sale right now on amazing artwork and some hats. So go out there, check that out right now. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, Kevin. Uh, that was a huge win last Sunday against the Chiefs, a season saving win because we had talked about the repercussions of potentially dropping that game. And that just seemed like it was going to be a game that the Bills were going to find a way to lose. But for once, they found a way to win, and it just felt so good because now it sets up a huge matchup this Sunday in Orchard Park. Um, absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot to go over. We're going to talk about the Chiefs game first. I mean, it's probably been beaten to death at the moment, but we're going to get into it a little bit. And the Bills finally get some rewards for some good calls going their way, even though that they were – absolutely uh, an offsides call uh, for the Buffalo Bills. It, it, it definitely benefited the team, but it, it was a flag. So I don't think we need to beat that one up too much. Um, and the defense, I have to give it to them. They played fairly well in that game. Um, they caused Mahomes all type of distress. Uh, the defense, the reason that that drive beside the offside play, like Kadarius Tony's covering up the line of scrimmage. The ref can't see when it's snapped. Um, you know, it's, it's a complete advantage. He's the guy that went down the field, set a screen to free up Travis Kelsey. So it's not necessarily irrelevant to the play, um, as some people make it out to be. So, um, you know, from there, the bills got some pressure, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller got in there, um, to end the series and the drive bills went out, go ahead and take, take the victory away. And, um, you have a lot of help, Kevin. That was the biggest thing to come out of last week as well. You saw a monumental collapse by the Miami Dolphins opening up the division, you know, wide open, two games out now. Uh, you saw a lot of things go the Bills' way, a lot of percentage added to the Bills' total percentage points. They're at about 50% likely to make the playoffs uh, with a win and to a win and some help. They're at even bigger, like 80%. Uh, so there's a lot on the line here in this specific game. And you saw the offense look really good. And I wanted to start there. What was your opinion on how the offense looked for most of the day? Yes, there was some slowing down of the offense later in the game. Uh, but you saw, you know, Joe Brady really call a pretty good football game. And I'll talk about the, the last series that I want to get to here. But I wanted to get your opinions first of uh, of the offense. Yeah, I mean... I am really, really happy with what I've seen from this Bills offense ever since Joe Brady took over. And I think the biggest reason is is he's figuring out how to use James Cook and Ty Johnson and even Latavius Murray for that matter, where Ken Dorsey just seemed to not be able to understand how to get those guys involved. And that touchdown pass to James Cook, that was beautiful. That's something that I haven't seen the Bills do in forever. And it, it was like a wheel route, but they put him up the seam. And Cook made up for that drop touchdown pass that he had against Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago. And it, it was just such a nice thing to see 
all these different guys getting involved because Diggs was only four for 24. Gabe Davis had zero catches for zero yards on zero targets. So that shows that they're getting the production from other guys without having to rely on their top dogs. Yeah, I mean, the offense had had you know, you know, Joe Brady's really good with his running backs and tight ends. It's been proven. Um, it's been it's been kind of you know how he's made his career so far and what he usually strives for. He likes to get his running backs open. Saw a really good wheel concept multiple times. Uh, you saw a lot of different um, ways that they were getting Knox involved. I mean, I think the offense is better with Knox. Uh, you also see, you know, Khalil Shakir in there a little bit, not quite as active because I do believe that Cook, Knox, Kincaid were part of the game plan. And then a, yet another opportunity to where the, the receivers really wasn't their main game. But I would say one of the strengths of the KC defense is their corners uh, and what they're able to do from their defensive back. Uh, I think they're off their, their defensive line's decent. Uh, I don't think it's their world beaters by any stretch of the imagination. So I think their biggest strength so far is how well McDuffie's played, how well Sneed's played and others. So I think that as you look at, I want to talk about one specific offensive drive late in the game. A one that I watched many times over as well as listen to Joe Brady. And it was the drive right before the winning uh, go ahead field goal in the game. And you saw the bills pass three times. Well, the one thing I wanted to point out about that drive was, so first and foremost, it was really good to get down there. He really great play to Hardy. You saw, you know, uh, a holding on Sherfield get called an illegal contact, which absolutely was that needed to get called. He was taken out of the play by an illegal play. Um, and then, you know, an extended of the drive didn't really alter too much based on the way that drive went anyways. Uh, but ultimately, what you, what you got to take away from that is Josh, you know, they called the run. Josh pulled the ball out into a quick screen to Diggs. Um, to see if he could get more yards than the run smart, safe play just went for a drop. So the problem there is now you're only a few seconds away from the two minute warning. All you're going to do now is run, you know, seven seconds off to get to the two minute warning. Now you have one shot with Josh Allen uh, to convert instead of two shots with Josh Allen. And really the, 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 the gamble is one time out there for Kansas city. Mahomes would have the same amount of time. Doesn't even, you didn't even need his timeouts to get to the 50 in the first place. Uh, needing a touchdown, maybe, uh, but needing a field goal, that should absolutely not play in, in, in a factor of, um, you know, I need the Kansas City Chiefs to burn their timeouts for, like, that's not as important as converting a first down, running the clock more, making them definitely take their timeouts and now really doing some damage. And then more importantly than even that, getting the seven. So there is no way to me that those two timeouts were really that important to where you shouldn't have been stepping on the gas because they run three times. You're going to hear the same thing with a minute 45. You're going to hear Mahomes had enough time, no timeouts. Like you weren't aggressive at all. You should try to go up seven. Um, so for me, I do believe that that was the right play at the end of the game because pulling the ball out on first down was tough. You would have liked to see that take down to the two minute warning, but Josh thought he had a safe throw, just happened to go incomplete. It happens in those specific situations, but all, all in all, the offense played fairly well. The Kansas City defense is the strength of that team right now. Without Isaiah Pacheco, it's just Mahomes, uh, Travis Kelsey. So remember that that isn't a weakness of theirs like we see some other defenses this season. That is definitely a strength. So to get to 20 was a pretty good situation. Um, and the Bills offense, by the most part, looked pretty good. But, you know, you got to see, you know, you got to really think about what they could do to continue to increase that. But they won't see that st those style of DBs every single week, Kevin. So, what was your overall impression? Did you like the way that that 
that that drive ended or I guess talk to me about your um, your opinions on common way with three there in the way that that went down. Well, like how I open up the show, I thought for sure that this was going to be a game where the Bills fumbled away. And I was saying you have to come away with the touchdown here. And, and I didn't like how they handled the two minutes and 12 seconds prior to that two minute warning, or should I say those 12 seconds? Because they only ran three plays in 12 seconds. And I was saying, give the ball to James Cook, run it into the half. You don't want Mahomes to have a lot of time. So by the time that they had the ball back, I believe it was 154. And all I could think of was, here we go again. And I, I just didn't like how they handled that with the clock management. And I thought for sure that this was going to come back to McDermott. And I guess you could say Joe Brady here because he was the one calling the plays. But I was just very, very concerned. And the fact that the defense stood up the way they did, I think that says a lot. And with all the turmoil that the Bills went through this past week, especially with Sean McDermott, man, that had to feel good. Now, I will say we were this close, this close to being – I don't even know where we'd be right now mentally. If Travis Kelsey successfully pulled off that lateral, which by the way, it will. was Kadarius Coney who caught that. So if they actually pulled that off and we were all over the internet and we would be beside ourselves, like, I, I don't even know how I would feel. Right? Like we probably wouldn't even be able to get through the show if that's what we had to deal with. Because you know it would be making its rounds for the rest of our lives. But instead, thank you, Kadarius Tony, because he lined up offsides. Yes, he was legitimately offsides. And I don't care how many times Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid would complain after the game. He was offsides. I mean, the rules are the rules. And this is a team, the Chiefs get so many calls where I, I just can't believe that Mahomes acted the way he did after the game. Because I always thought that he was like Josh, where he's a classy guy. He shows respect, especially to someone like Josh Allen, who they are good friends. And the way that Mahomes just unraveled in those final couple of minutes. And then Andy Reid essentially took Mahomes' side. Now, he was probably trying to protect his player because he knew that he was throwing a tantrum on the sideline. So he didn't want to go into the press conference and say, yeah, no, that was a good penalty. My quarterback is just losing his mind right now. So he was probably trying to protect him a little bit, but I think a lot of people lost respect for the Chiefs. And I mean, rightfully so. Now, I should say that Mahomes did apologize to Josh and they're fine. But I think that you're seeing a different side to the Chiefs now. And, you know, they're eight and five. They're not as dominant as they used to be. And again, this is a team who has gotten so many calls over the years. If you go back to the Super Bowl last year, when James Bradbury got called on that hold, I mean, that was terrible. So the fact that they're complaining, saying that, oh, the refs are taken away from one of the greatest plays by one of the greatest players in NFL history. I mean, that, that didn't sit right with me. So I'm just so happy that the Bills were able to hold on. It's a huge win for the organization, huge win for Sean McDermott, and a huge win for the fan base. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it motivated them. The players all had McDermott's back. It, it was written, you know, it came out last week and was written like a hit piece. And I think that was written prior to our show last week. So we didn't really talk about that much. Um, but it it was not a good situation. I think that Ty Dunn played off of the, you know, 
approval rating of McDermott last year, or excuse me, last week, it had never been lower in my opinion. Um, so he knew when he was dropping it on a Thursday before a game, a really do or die game in a situation to where um, everything's left on the, I mean, of all times, release that in the off season. That's perfect off season article. People can talk about it. They can kind of decipher it. There's no football to watch. Um, but I just thought that the way that that was written with 25 to 50 anonymous sources um, and then quote unquote, some people in there uh, that liked McDermott, but ultimately that was not written in the guise of something that was fair regardless of how many people he interviewed, that was written with a slant uh, and the team took exception to it. And I think that that could be the thing that fuels them for the rest of the season, as you really did see a lot of motivated players, in my opinion, uh, in this football game. So um, I don't have as much to, to your point earlier. I don't have as much part, like I said, as a problem with that, the way that drive ended, because I think that we would be equally as mad if they ran three times and the same amount of time was still on the clock. The only difference being, the Chiefs have two timeouts, which they do not need in a field goal situation. Minute and 45 is is a ton of time for Patrick Mahomes uh, to get 40 yards. It's not that crazy. Um, so to me, those timeouts are meaningless to me. I'd rather either get seven points uh, or I'd rather uh, make sure that um, you run even more time by converting that first down. So I'm, I'm ultimately – and let, let's not forget, once again, Joe Brady schemes open with a good scheme, a wide open Gabriel Davis based on his formation usage. Um, so yet again, we're talking back to back games where you hit Gabe Davis in overtime against Philly, you come back and you hit Gabe Davis there. That's back to back weeks. He's been a wide open on clinchers. So, you know, it's tough for me to, to assume that anything was done wrong there. What was done wrong there was Josh pulling the ball out and throwing it to his best player. So I ultimately can't be too mad because the run was called. I can't be too mad with him pulling it out of the belly of his running back to toss it out to his best receiver at the end of the day. You know, you're thinking out in space, you know, it wasn't the greatest design, but you you weren't looking for 40 yards there. You're looking for four. Um, and he was he thought that that four yards would be better than the loss of three that may have happened. Handing it off swing of seven yards with the clock running. That's to me what happened there. Um, and then, you know, if you don't convert, the difference is whether Kansas City has their two timeouts or not, which they didn't even use. Um, so ultimately, they did use one in a in a situation to avoid a five yard penalty. Uh, but at the very most, like that's what you were gambling. But the second that you have a, uh, a drop by digs that change that's drive in general. And there, it, it just, it just is what it is. There's nothing anybody can do about that situation uh, to me, but you know, you have to look at it from the other side. I thought the bills did a great job with Travis Kelsey. Uh, I thought they played those receivers really well. They're not very good. Uh, however, you know, at some point, I think, I think Sean McDermott for his faults, his goods, his bads, he knows how to play against um, Patrick Mahomes for the most part, uh, especially in the regular season, if you want to call it. He's been pretty good against Pat Mahomes in the regular season. Uh, he's been pretty good against them, minus the 13-second game. You know, really, uh, that, that was some lapses against the defense that the Bills, you know, if you really look at the defense the Bills had in 2021 uh, without Trey White at the time, it was pretty bad. Um, they were missing some players. You know, think about their roster right now. Uh, it was, it wasn't a very good roster. Um, I appreciate it. anybody sharing like this. That means so much to us as always. www.sonsandeerie.com smash that like button, whether on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, that would mean a ton to us, uh, as we kind of approach a pivotal time of the season, a pivotal stretch here for the bills. And if you look at the bills defense now, let's, let's switch sides. Uh, let's switch the ball now. Um, and Kevin, they played fairly well. What a dominant first half. 
you know, you can't ever be too mad with only allowing basically almost the Chiefs could have gone in scoreless into the half for the first time in Arrowhead in a long time. Um, and you know, the offense kind of faltered there, but there was a chance that they held them to zero points, ended up being seven. And, uh, even out of the third quarter, I thought the offense was pretty good getting Mahomes off the field, converting, making him kick field goals. Um, and ultimately always at least keeping or lead or having it tied. So I think I've given the bills defense some issues so far this season. Uh, but this was in a day that I can, I can blame them for it. Uh, they played really well and they're going to need to bring that energy, uh, into Dallas, uh, as we'll talk about that game momentarily, but how did you feel about the defense in whole? Do you think that McDermott did what he needed to do against Mahomes? Would you have liked to see more committed two turnovers, one sack, put some pressure all day. How, how, what was your takeaway from the strength of the bills playing, you know, playing defense in their corners, looking pretty decent. Yeah, I think anytime that you can hold Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid's offense to 17 points, you have to feel pretty good. And, you know, the stat that I found this week is that Sean McDermott is now 4-1 and one against Kansas City in the regular season with his defense only allowing 18 points, 6 points per game. And all four of those wins have Kansas City in the playoffs, and his defense is allowing 40.0 points per game. So it's great that the Bills won. I'm not trying to take anything away from that. But now show me that you can do it in the playoffs. Show me that you can continue to win these big games. Because and now they didn't. But again, now they just have to keep doing it and doing it. And I really think that this team is in different weeks now. But now that you see the Dolphins drop a game, you see the Steelers drop. I mean, that's what I've been tweeting about, how the law of physics, what goes up must come down. And some of these teams that were up, it just didn't make sense. The Pittsburgh Steelers were not good enough to be 7-4. and four. Cleveland, we'll still see about them, but I still don't think they're that good of a team with Joe Flacco. What is he, 38 years old? Um, you know, now you're seeing the Chiefs start to fall off a little bit. The Dolphins, most importantly, as that's what I've been predicting right along, that they have a very tough schedule to close out the season. So I, I think that you're starting to see some of these teams slip up. And I just think that the Bills are getting hot at the right time. Yeah, they are. And we got some help. The Bills got a lot of help this week, um, you know, ultimately pushing into a situation to where, as I've said many times so far, the Bills could potentially lose and now get in. So I think 10 wins is now back in question, back able to make the playoffs um, in, in this in this hunt, whereas two weeks ago it really wasn't in the cards. So the Bills got some help, and they may continue to get some help, uh, you know, some games on the fold here. The, the Thursday night game, unfortunately for the Bills, doesn't matter. Both of those teams ended up, um, you know, having pretty bad seasons. Uh, but every game on Saturday, and three of them, uh, will be good for the Bills playoff results. There's some, definitely some some things we're going to go over with that at the end of the show. So, um, you know, kind of putting a putting a bow on the Chiefs game, though. You know, three three straight wins in Arrowhead. We don't know if they'll come to Buffalo next season based on the results. Um, and to me, the Bills are in good shape. 
um, going forward now because of the game. You see him power ranked, you know, in the six to three, three to six range on where they're ranked right now in the league. Um, I mean, I think that that's pretty, pretty good. And anybody probably would have taken that after the way um, some of these games have ended earlier a couple weeks ago. So people basically calling the Bills a pretty big threat. The division now is open when I wasn't sure if it would be. I thought the wild card was always in play, uh, but now the division's in play with the wild card. Those are pretty some two pretty big turnups, uh, turn of events to have happen to have both of those things be available in this game. Um, but look, I mean, the Bills have a matchup against the Cowboys. Um, that's definitely one I want to get into now. Uh, and kind of what this game could mean as they're coming into an outdoor situation right now. Uh, they're coming in where I was hoping to utilize some more weather stats, but unfortunately it is not looking likely everybody's going to get a beautiful Sunday afternoon in Orchard Park, New York. Uh, it's looking like 45-ish right now uh, around kickoff. It's going to definitely dip in rain at some point. Will that rain get pushed up? Well, that's what I'm hoping to see. Um, because it definitely benefits the Bills. When it doesn't, that's not always the case. I've been pretty vocal saying that I don't believe the weather helps the Bills. Uh, but against certain teams, dome teams, I do believe that it helps the Bills in a lot of facets. So you got um, Dak Prescott, 3-9, and nine, uh, the Dallas Cowboys being 3-9 and nine in situations, so the weather's under 40. They're not a very good team away from home, scoring 16 points difference on the road than they are at home. Uh, all of their losses coming at, uh, on the road. Uh, so they're definitely one of the only few home teams that uh, haven't lost at home. Uh, I think with the with the Dolphins losing at home just recent, just just Monday night, they are the only team left that uh, is seven and zero at home, but three and three on the road. It's definitely uh, a different team so far uh, when they have to travel, but they have played some good teams. Um, you know, they lost to the 49ers on the road. They lost to the Eagles on the road. You know, that that's fine, but they got got earlier in the season, twenty eight to sixteen against the Cardinals. Everybody has a drop game. That's fine. Uh, but what, what version of the, the Cowboys are you going to see? It's about a 50, 50 split on matchup predictor right now on ESPN, as well as a two and a half point spread uh, in a lot of different places. So there's, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of situations that's going to happen and all the bills need right now, guys, one more dolphins loss. They control their own destiny. Uh, if the dolphins will lose to either the jets, the Ravens or the Cowboys themselves, uh, the Bills will control their own destiny in those situations. So that's pretty cool to see uh, and did not think we'd be in that place even as early as three or four weeks ago. Uh, I thought that by now that the Dolphins would be sitting nicely, maybe three games, potentially even four games ahead. Uh, you know, this was a time for the Dolphins to go ahead to four games ahead of the Bills uh, with the Bills playing in Kansas City, them playing at home against the Titans. There were scenarios where they were coming out of that exchange, four games up and basically having it locked up magic number being one. Uh, and now it's completely opposite. The complete opposite happened to where by all accounts that week 18 game should matter. Even if the bills are still just a game behind them, I do believe that that week 18 game will have definite playoff implications. And I do believe that it should, and it very well could have division um, division expectations and it might get the flex. I wouldn't be shocked if the AFC East is up for grabs as well as maybe playoff spots. Uh, with that game, the NFL will love to have that one finish out the season in what could be an epic AFC. I don't know how epic it's going to be in the NFC. That is kind of muddle up there at the bottom. The top of the, the NFC is pretty much set, uh, you know, really for the first five or six seeds. Um, you know, everyone's kind of fighting for that last spot. Does it really matter in the NFC? I guess a little bit, uh, but not a ton, not a ton going on over there in that conference. You know, you got the Eagles and the Cowboys jockeying. 
Um, but other than that, there's not a ton going on over there. That's not overly, overly interesting. I guess you got a little bit going on in the AFC South or NFC South um, and the Vikings by all accounts, Vikings and Packers are still in the playoff spots with the Rams. I mean, it's just, it's just a mess of a, of a seven teams over there, but the, the AFC, I mean, you have teams all over the board. Um, so that's going to be a fun one um, to kind of break down as we get closer to the situation. And as we get closer to a couple weeks from now, kind of, kind of will be more clear And the bills path got a little bit easier. Look, they get to play Bailey Zappi at home. They get to play Easton stick on the road. Um, I had LA as a, um, uh, as a trap game. I mean, going out to LA and having to play, having to play Justin Herbert, um, his numbers are good. It might not feel like it. And Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler and some situations there. That was not one that was fun to me. Uh, I thought the bills would win, uh, but you never really know right now. So, you know, that became a lot easier in my, in my opinion. Um, and then I don't believe the Dolphins are as good as they look. They lost their center for the season. They're finally facing some 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 problems. So right now, I don't believe the Dolphins are as big of a threat. This Cowboys game is going to be pretty tough, but at least the Bills can manage it and control it in their own de- control it in their own barn. So that's going to be uh, what makes this game very interesting. Is what can Dak do on the road? Three and three, sixteen points less per game. And if that weather stays where it's at, well, shouldn't be much of a factor. But if it dips much. That's really where you start to see um, some Dak, some Dak statistics drastically drop, and it's been his, it's been his kryptonite in his career. So we all know in Buffalo that just because it says that right now, there is rain in the forecast at some point Sunday night. Uh, we don't know if that'll blow in early or what could happen. Uh, what could happen in those situations? Uh, unfortunately, going into the Cowboys game, as we you know kind of kind of put into the Cowboys segment, as always, brought to you by Sons of Erie. Um, we have to talk about the fact that the Bills injury report's not ideal. It's not great. Um, you know, you, you already have, we already know the big injuries. You know, we do, we do see some positive news with maybe Kincaid practicing in limited fashion. Um, and you got Justin Shorter back in there. You got Daquan Jones coming back by all accounts. Will he make it back by the regular season? I do think there's some good news on that front that he'll make it back at some point in January. Uh, hopefully on the earlier end of January uh, for Daquan Jones. But then the negatives, will Mike a high play again for the Buffalo Bills? <sighs> I don't know. Not unless they go far. I'm not 100% convinced he won't get the four games on IR and maybe come back for his last run in the playoffs if they make it. I'm not convinced that this isn't Taylor Rapps uh, and jo- Jordan Poyer's uh, finish of the season. Uh, will we see, you know, if you look through the rest of the injury report, will we see, you know, Dalton Kincaid play? I do think you'll see him play. Uh, I think him and Knox will, will are part of what makes this offense unique. And then will we see, um, you know, the defense just continues to be uh, just just beaten up, you know, across the board. So that's that's pretty disappointing um, across what we were hoping for. Uh, will we see AJ Epinesa play with those ribs? I think that he'll have at least two games off here, maybe even more. So. That's going to be disappointing uh, when and a guy he started the game with a pick, a uh, really great play, and turns into a game where he gets hurt on that play, and now he's out for weeks. Uh, just a really unfortunate situation there out of the injury report, uh, one where it was starting to look clean for the Bills, and that may be the reason that catapulted into uh, into the playoff run because you know I really felt like. Last week, going into the week, they were they were pretty healthy, minus their three big injuries. So, you know, now we have to face a situation to where you got a couple more defensive uh, injuries 
that I was not anticipating and the way that that wound up wasn't ideal. Um, you look, turn, turn, let's turn to the Cowboys injury report. That's pretty big. You know, uh, you had Gilmore on a, on a rest day. So I don't think that's anything. Haken, uh, Haken's their starting nose tackle looks out, uh, ankle injury from Lee hooker. They're starting safety, um, Tyron Smith out on a, on a practice, uh, rest day. Uh, so that shouldn't be anything. Their punters out on a rest day, but they have a slew of guys limited as well. Cooks, uh, Rico Dowdle looked pretty, pretty hurt, but we'll see if he plays as their number two running back. Demarcus Lawrence is on rest. So they like to rest a bunch of players. Michael Parsons is on an illness. So we'll see how that looks tomorrow, but they look fairly healthy outside of Hankins and Hooker. Um, so we'll see if either of those amount to much um, because both of those players are, are, are key players for the defense, but um, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. Um, so today was a walkthrough in Dallas. So we'll see if, uh, how that looks tomorrow, um, for the, uh, Dallas Cowboys. So you kind of look at the Cowboys season now. It's been, it's been an interesting one. Uh, it's been one where they've had their highs and their lows. Um, but mostly they've, they've really catapulted themselves to a top three to four team, uh, across the board, like in the preseason, you know, they may have looked like just your standard LA chargers or that style of, in that guise of, of skill set. Uh, but they're very much looking like a top five team right now. So that's pretty, pretty interesting. I definitely had this as a little bit easier of a game than it turned up to be. Uh, the bills are going to absolutely need Kingsley Jonathan to go here. He's going to get premium snaps by premium, you know, 30 snaps uh, in this game because of the AJ Epinesa injury. And I'm assuming all of raps um, uh, snaps. He'll get, he'll play the entire game. And I'm not sure if you'll see a Cam Lewis, as the Bills like to go at that dime now. So we'll see if we see some Cam Lewis and or DeMar Hamlin, who will be active as well uh, in this game. So definitely a lot to kind of think about as this injury report plays out here for the Bills. Um, and definitely want to get Kevin back up here and get his opinion of the Cowboys game. Uh, Kevin, um, talking Cowboys now, give me some of your initial reactions to what you think could happen in a Cowboys game. Yeah, well, first of all, I apologize. I'm not sure what's going on, but it seems like my end is a little bit stronger now. You can hear me okay, right? Yeah, you sound good. Okay. All right. Well, maybe that was it. I don't know. But um, yeah, so I mean, this game between the Bills and the Cowboys, I think it is going to be like last week, but more high scoring because I was looking into the stats today and the Cowboys and the Bills both have top five, top 10 offenses. And then the Cowboys have a top five, top 10 defense as well. I'll read off some of the stats here, but man, the Cowboys are good. But I, I mean, here's the thing. The Cowboys are like the NFT version of the Bills, where they always start out really hot and then they can't win the big game. And it's like, this is a year. Dak looks so good. The running game is there. The defense is great. But then they fall apart in the playoffs. So I think this is going to be a very, very interesting game. Between that and just the fact that it's the week before Christmas, the stakes are huge for each team. And Dallas doesn't come here that often. I don't even remember the last time they came here because the last time the Bills played the Cowboys was the moment that I knew Josh Allen was officially Josh Allen on Thanksgiving. So, yeah, I mean, this is just a huge game from every single aspect. Yeah, I mean, they play every four years now with the, the extra crossover, maybe a little bit more if they finish in the same um, placement series as um, as each other. Uh, but, you know, you remember, actually, the Bills are actually on a two-game winning streak back, I think, in 2015 with Rex Ryan. Um, 
was the last time they played where the Bills actually won 16 to six. The Cowboys weren't very good. That was like in their bad stretch too. Um, I think they were playing a backup quarterback at the time. They weren't the last time they were here was a boring uh, late in the year game, um, December 27th, similar in similar fashion. And you're talking Carlos Williams, Dan Bailey and Dan Carpenter, Mike Gillisley um, type of game. I think it was all field goals until a long Mike Gillisley touchdown run. Um, you know, they, they were so rolling like Darren McFadden and Kellen Moore. It was, and they were not good then. I mean, that team was uh, not a very good football team uh, at points in the 2000s. But um, And then obviously we know the game you mentioned, the 2019 win. So the Bills are on a two-game winning streak since, um, you know, really that I think of the Romo game where the Bills were also winning that one uh, that Romo came back and, you know, they, they, they were down two and they got the onside kick and then they kicked a really long field goal to win the game on a Monday night football game. Um, uh, situation where the bills weren't very good then, but they should have won that football game. I think Roma had a bunch of turnovers. It was George Wilson. It was, uh, it was a pretty fun game back in 07. And then the Cowboys absolutely sl- uh, slammed the bills in 2011. Uh, I don't remember a, too, a ton about that, but it was a pretty big blowout at the time. But really, in the last six games, you know, since the '90s, it's three and three. It's not. This isn't a one-sided affair either way. So most people don't really remember it. Like, you don't really think of it that way. Maybe you think the Cowboys have been better than the Bills because of the Super Bowls. But really, dating back to the '80s, I mean, uh, they, they haven't played a ton in their career. It's eight and five uh, Dallas lead. But if you take away the first three times they ever played before '81, like since since 1984, it's definitely a five to five affair. So. There's really not a big tradition, you know, traditional history between these two teams um, in any of these situations. And two of those wins for the Cowboys were in the Super Bowl. So the regular season games is definitely, you know, regular season games since the 80s is definitely in the Bills' favor. So that's definitely an interesting note. They just had a little bit of run on the Bills uh, in the early 2000s when, um, obviously, uh, post-Jim Kelly, when the Bills, before Josh Allen, uh, when the Bills lost to pretty much everybody consistently. So uh, definitely not a huge, uh, huge history here between the two teams. And now you bring in Dak Prescott, an MVP candidate. Um, just he is. Him, Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen now sneaking his way back into it. Um, you know, maybe Lamar Jackson. I mean, you're talking about situations to where you're seeing two quarter. Now, I mean, he is absolutely in the top seven quarterbacks now, Dak Prescott, and rising. So what is your opinion on Dak Prescott and, and Kevin, tell me about, do you think it's a situation to where, you know, this offense is going to be so tough to beat that uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough one for the bills. I think it's going to be tough, but I think that they can definitely do it. Now I apologize if I missed this, but I saw your tweet earlier about how the Cowboys don't have the best record in cold weather climates. Have you talked about that yet? Yeah, I, I I stated earlier that I would have liked to see the situation to where that was more more meaningful because it does look like it's going to be in the 40s at least somewhere. But we never know in Western New York. It does not take much a night before, two days before for that forecast to completely change. And there is rain lingering in the system. Um, so will that make it here on Sunday or not? You, generally, I'm not looking for, for weather elements. But yeah, we talked about how... Um, generally the weather isn't an advantage for the bills, but it could be against a team that's used to a dome and it's three and nine in what games under 40 degrees. Well, I think that's a good segue into looking at some of these stats that I was talking about here. So I'm going to try sharing my screen. Hopefully that the uh, connection doesn't get knocked out in the process here, but while I pull this up, Kevin, do you have a rough idea? I know I kind of talked about it a little bit here, but do you have a rough idea of where Dallas is ranked 
and the Bills for that matter too. Yeah, yeah, like and like I both box score related. I I, I have seen the numbers, definitely saw the numbers you put up, and then obviously on um, advanced statistically, um, they're fourth in DVOA right now, six offense, fifth defense. So um, you know they're they're top five by most metrics, uh, and they have a soft schedule. Uh, hasn't been the world's biggest schedule. They finally got a win, like Miami, not like Miami. So their past schedule rank right now, Kevin, is thirtieth. It's been that easy. Future schedule ranks a little bit harder, not much, mainly because they're playing the Bills. But the variance score is is pretty pretty variance, meaning that um, they have a high volatility on their advanced statistics, just because of the way that their weighted DVOA looks right now um, in the situation, and definitely are playing. Um, better the results are being a little bit better than they're playing so uh advanced wise kevin they're four to six uh and then i mean obviously you have the uh, box score stats up right now yeah so let's look at the offenses first so total offense cowboys are fourth the bills are fifth passing offense dallas is second buffalo is fifth rushing buffalo has a slight edge here they come in at 10th and the cowboys are 11th and dallas is first in the league in scoring so they're averaging 32.4 points per game and then buffalo is still top five they're averaging 26.8 so these are two high-powered offenses and the bills are still on the incline here since joe brady has taken over so let's look at the team defense stats now so in terms of total defense dallas is ranked third buffalo is 14th so you're starting to see a little bit of the separation here. Passing defense, the Cowboys rank fifth. The Bills are 11th. And then rushing, they both fall off a little bit. Cowboys are not top 10, so they are 13th. And then the Bills are 19th, a slight drop for them in previous weeks. But then scoring, the Cowboys are only allowing 17.9 points per game, which is fourth. And then the Bills are at 18.8, which is sixth. So it, it kind of seems like, the bills are easier to move the ball on. It's just that they can tighten up with that bend, but don't break mentality. Whereas the Cowboys, it seems like they are tough and very hard to move the ball on throughout the whole series. So you might have a little bit more luck and especially for the Cowboys sake with Brandon Aubrey, their kicker who is just magnificent. So just based on those numbers, it, it seems like the Cowboys will be able to move the ball on the bills better than the bills can move the Cowboys. But that's why Sunday's going to be so interesting. Yeah, advanced-wise, actually makes their defense even better than those numbers. Sixth in, in against the run, uh, sixth against the pass, um, fifth overall. So yeah, in a lot of ways, those advanced statistics are better uh, for the Bills. 15th overall DVOA on their defense, um, 14th um, against the pass. And then against the rush, they are 18th. So, um, you know, definitely – a little bit of a difference there, but that goes to show like, look, they're going to be playing this game without Micah Hyde, probably AJ Epinesa for the most part. Um, then you're talking about obviously the three on IR and Jones, Milano and Trey white. And you're looking at, you know, no joke, five starters. You're looking at five starters, half their defense. Uh, there's no stretch by saying half their starting defense is out of this game. So uh, the bills were able to help a little bit with the, obviously the emergence of Bernard anyways, who'd be a starter, but the emergence of Razul Douglas, who's been good. Uh, he had some really good reps, obviously not against the world's best receivers, but played, played that Jets game was such a solid football game there for Razul Douglas against, you know, Zach Wilson, who's now the AFC reigning AFC player of the week. Uh, and you're rooting for him once more 
uh, the New York Jets are playing the Miami Dolphins. And for the most part, you are big Jets fans again, because Zach Wilson, if he's able to get it done, uh, that really opens the door, whether the Bills win or not. Uh, it really opens the door to a big finish uh, here in the final three games uh, after these games. But the Bills have a big one that they can really control their own destiny for the most part. They need one thing to go right. Most people were confused by what I was trying to say was that in order to control their own destiny, Dolphins fans really didn't really like the wording. But in order to control their own destiny, the Bills need one thing to go right. I didn't say they do currently. They need one thing to go right. The odds of them all not going right are one in a thousand. So really they control their own destiny. If you're someone that likes semantics and you like technicalities, they do not control their own destiny currently uh, in this, in this situation, uh, but they do. And I'll get into a little bit more of that here momentarily uh, to wrap the show. We're going to get into some scenarios. We're definitely going to get into some predictions. Uh, so we'll get into all of that here in, uh, you know, in kind of the, 10 to 10 minute range. So uh, I still want to talk a little bit more Cowboys and CD lamb and their weapons. Now they're definitely one of those teams that always seems to be, you know, the new breed of having a really good offensive line. I heard, you know, watching Zach Martin, he's definitely not the Zach Martin um, uh, of old, you know, he's not the Zach Martin from 2018, 2019. He's definitely the aged version. He was drafted in the uh, first round in 2014. Uh, you know, I, Terrence Steele is definitely a liability there on their offensive line. You know, Tyler Smith and Terrence Smith uh, have played really well. Um, Tyler Beatish uh, has struggled there as well. So they definitely aren't perfect there on the O-line. But Cooks and CeeDee Lamb are really useful. They don't have a Gallup isn't what he could have been. I really thought he'd be a good fringe weapon. Um, and he uh, really never became that. He uh, just, just fell right off. I mean, cooks is good. 534 yards, five touchdowns on 39 catches. Nothing that isn't as scary either as he has been in his past. Um, so, you know, he's kind of been traded and, and been on new teams as much as anybody has in the league, which is, which is definitely a, a funny situation. And he hasn't, you know, he's 30 years old now. So still an effective version of himself and the running game. I mean, when that team had Zeke and Tony Pollard going, it was as good as anything. Now it's a little bit different. Pollard's good. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is, uh, you know, you know, he, he can really be out Rico Dowdle. Um, so there's not a ton there. I like their tight end Jake Ferguson a whole lot. Um, there's definitely a little bit to like there, but are you scared of those Dallas weapons? I mean, it, it, offhand, like it's not a scary unit, but they do have some really good players. I think the scariest one is CD lamb by far, just because right. his numbers have been astronomical this year, especially playing against him in fantasy. It's just like, Every week, it seems like he's getting at least 30 points, which is just absurd. And he's really taking that next step. And for that matter, Dak has too. Now, yeah. personally, I'm a Tony Pollard owner. So he hasn't done anything to completely wow me where it's like, oh, my God, he's going to put up 30 points. He's usually at a consistent 15 points. So I don't think that the Bills necessarily need to be scared of Tony Pollard, but they need to be watchful because they use him a lot of different ways between running and passing because – the Cowboys are very good at screen passes, so I think the Bills are going to have to be ready for that. I think the main target here that I'm zoning in on is CeeDee Lamb because, I mean, that's going to be Russell Douglas, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's definitely going to be Russell Douglas. To your point, 4.1 yards per carry for Tony Pollard. He, he's down 
really almost a whole yard off his average and a whole 1.1 to 1.3 yards per carry off of his last two years. So uh, his running the ball, the ball ability is definitely down now that he's the, the lead back only five touchdowns there as well. Doesn't have a receiving touchdown is fairly effective. As you mentioned in the receiving game, 49 catches for 285 yards, solid running back, but not one that overly moves the needle for me. Just a guy that, I don't look at him any differently than that tier of like Devin Singletary type of guys. Like he's good. He's in a good team, uh, maybe a, a touch better, but I don't look at him as uh, a huge step up from some of those guys uh, that kind of sit in the middle of the NFL uh, in their production. You know, you got like Alexander Madison. Like, I mean, you got all those guys, Javante Williams. You just got a bunch of guys that are pretty decent, but nothing, um, nothing that really, you need to watch him and make sure you cover him in the screen game. The Bills play a lot of screen teams. The Chiefs are one of the best ever. So it's not like the Bills luckily got to go back to back with a couple teams that like to use their running backs out of the backfield. Um, but, and then you got Michael Gallup who has shown some flashes in his career. Hasn't been good for many, many years now, just really a receiver three receiver four. Um, but it's a guy that I always thought would be better. And they went out and acquired Brandon cooks and don't really have a ton behind those three either. Um, you know, they went out and drafted Schoonmaker, a guy I thought would definitely beat out Jake Ferguson, but Jake Ferguson, um, you know, has come on. You know, he's definitely been a really good football player uh, here for the Dallas Cowboys, but Terrence Steele has been a disaster. Uh, they normally have that right side of the line pretty short up in years past. Terrence Steele's not very good. He's definitely uh, he's definitely a liability, and Biotish is, is an average center. Uh, so they do have some – it's not all perfect over there um, on the Dallas offensive line, which has been known to be really good. The Bills are still number one uh, ahead of the Cowboys right now in pass. Um, so it's not been cleaning as they're used to over there, even though obviously Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Tyler Smith, all three of them uh, are still pretty good football players. But the two of them, uh, they still have two weaknesses on their offensive line, which they're not overly used to. Uh, on the Dallas side, but you turn to the defense now. And if you look at their, the, the Dallas Cowboys defense and it's good, um, could it be even better uh, with Diggs being Trayvon Diggs being in it? Um, but they've gotten a lot of production for the most part from Deron Bland. I uh, had a crazy stretch of pick six is still kind of still going this season. Mike, uh, Micah Parsons, um, Demarcus Lawrence has been good. Uh, Marquise Bell, their linebacker has been really good. Malik Hooker, who's hurt at the moment. We'll see if he's able to go would be a big loss for them. It's been good. Um, so they've, they've, de they've definitely had some solidly playing players. You know, Stefan Gilmore obviously has had, has made himself a career here late in his career uh, playing pretty good. Um, you know, their defensive line to me isn't great, um, which is funny coming because they have two good defensive ends. I don't think their interior is overly good. Now you're missing Hankins. So that does affect you when you're playing Mozzie Smith, a guy that couldn't get on the field. You know, in his rookie year, he's looking a lot like Kyer Elam, a uh, guy that hasn't played very well in his 215 snaps. Definitely uh, hasn't really broke the lineup a lot. We'll see if we see him a, a good amount. Uh, Neville Gallimore plays a bunch. Chauncey Golston, they're not very good. Uh, anybody behind their two starting edges don't really scare you. Dante Fowler hasn't really developed into much since his first uh, third overall pick um, just eight years ago. So, um, you know, it, it, it's definitely a defense that has some top-end talent but has its weaknesses uh, as well. And then they have a really good kicker in Brandon Aubrey from Notre Dame. So uh, a guy that's uh, been banging long field goals. So 
Uh, it's definitely a weapon to have there for the Cowboys uh, in this game when they may need it uh, if they get stopped. So if you're looking at that Dallas defense, does any things stick out to you, Kevin? Yeah, it does. Uh, I heard today that the Cowboys play man coverage over 40% of the time. So I'm looking at a game like the Seahawks and Cowboys from a couple Thursdays ago when the Seahawks really opened up the game by using that deep pass and the vertical threat with DK Metcalf. And as a Tyler Lockett owner, I don't think Lockett did much that game, but DK Metcalf is their wide receiver one, and he was the reason why that game was so close. So I think that this has to be a game where Stephon Diggs has to get back to being Stephon Diggs. And it's been nice because, like we talked about earlier in the show, you're seeing the production from guys like James Cook, Ty Johnson, Dalton Kincaid, Khalil Shakir. So it's been nice that the Bills haven't had to rely on Diggs and Davis ever since Joe Brady took over. But for a game like this, you want your top dog to be your top dog. And Diggs hasn't gone over 100 since the Giants game. Now, he's been solid, but he's been held in check multiple weeks now. So he definitely is going to want to eat. And I, I really wish that we could be seeing a matchup between the Diggs brothers. But if Trayvon Diggs was going to tear his ACL, I mean, what a replacement with Deron Bland there. A fifth-round rookie or a fifth-round draft pick from the 2022 draft. And he has eight interceptions and what he's ran back five or six of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got the record. Um, it's been an insane kind of boost for him. Uh, it's something we'll never see again, but I don't want to say pick sixes are lucky, but they're kind of like fumble recovers and how, how far you return the, the interception is definitely uh, something that I think is um, an interesting statistic. I don't think it's definitely like, all just because you you made a good interception sometimes it does go your way so so let's kind of segue that into constructing the game plan here for the bills because going off of that point i think this is going to have to be a game where josh allen puts the team on his back but that being said they're going to need the run game to mix in well and they're going to have to be able to turn to james cook but on the flip side you also want to be able to use the run game as an extension of the passing game so I like the wheel routes and the screen passes. So at the end of the day, I'm not saying that James Cook has to have 20 rushes, but I want to see James Cook have 20 touches because he is one of the most dynamic weapons for the Bills. That being said, going back to my Diggs point, I think this is a game where you have to target him at least 10, if not more times. And then you're going to want him to have at least seven, eight, nine receptions, eclipse 100 yards, and maybe try to open up the vertical passing game and, and go deep a little bit. And, you know, Gabe Davis has been held in check, so maybe you look to him because maybe Stephon Gilmore is going to be locking up Stephon Diggs or maybe he's going to be following him around or shadowing him. And I know we just got done talking about Deron Bland being that sticky cornerback who is just having a for the ball this year. But Josh might be inclined to look at Davis a little bit more this week because Gilmore has been really solid. Or if you look underneath, that's again where Dalton Kincaid, Khalil Shakir, and James Cook come into play. Um, so I guess just to wrap this up for my game plan, Kevin, I think that this has to be a huge offensive output for this Bills team. They have to keep building on what they've been working on with Joe Brady but then just take it to the next level because the competition is going to be to the next level this Sunday against Dallas. Yeah. For me, I think the bills need to do a little bit of everything. This is a good Dallas team. 
Uh, I don't think a team that's going to win out uh, to, to go into the playoffs. They still are tied with the Eagles. The Eagles have a really soft schedule and at the moment um, could have the tiebreaker uh, because the Cowboys lost another uh, NFC game to the Cardinals. So we'll see how that all plays out there for the on the NFC side. But more importantly for the Bills, um, I think they need to construct a game plan that not only keeps the Dallas offense off the field. I think Joe Brady's been really good at running the ball at James Cook. Could it be a Leonard Fournette game? I don't know. They've been still using Ty Johnson a lot. At some point, he'll pull that out, though. I really do think that. At some point, he may pull out a Leonard Fournette game. If it's not now, though, I don't see it against the Chargers or Patriots. Uh, I don't think I see it against the Dolphins. So if it's not if it's not against the Cowboys, we may never see it. So that's going to be – I'm going to put that on record. Either they'll find some reason to use Fournette this week, or I don't think you're going to see it uh, minus an injury going forward. But I would like to see some version of a run-the-ball offense and continue to get the ball into your running back and your tight end's hands. I thought Dawson Knox had a really good game. He was catching the ball. He was getting open. He was blocking. It was a pleasant surprise to have him back. And what a difference that wrist surgery made. He was not who he was uh, earlier this season. That was not an uh, indictment of how he is as a player. It's not indicative of his skill set. So that's been pretty good to see Dawson Knox play a solid, solid game. Uh, And I expect more from him as the snaps are going to increase. So I think that him and Shakir are going to be a good tertiary options in this offense or even secondary, if that's what you want to call them. But secondary options to me are still like uh, Dalton Kincaid, um, Gabe Davis, James Cook, uh, you know, behind, you know, Stephon Diggs. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it defensively. Stop the run. I think when you stop the run and Tony Pollard, who, as we talked about, is quite literally in the middle of the uh, middle of the league. um, I think that it can help you. I mean, the Bills generally do pretty well against uh, against receivers. So I think that their ability to use Rasul Douglas against a guy he knows in C.D. Lamb uh, is definitely going to be. Uh, pretty interesting in their Packers versus Cowboys days uh, and Eagles back to when he was an Eagle. Uh, so I think that there's definitely uh, going to be maybe a little bit of familiarity there uh, with some of that NFC connection. And then the Bills pretty pretty much always stay solid. Taron Johnson, hopefully he's able to go. Um, you know he's gonna he's gonna score some guys in the slot. Uh, and then a, then a Cooks Benford kind of style matchup is going to be pretty interesting there as well. Um, but I'm stopping the run and I'm running it. I'm controlling the clock. I'm getting the I'm getting the getting the uh, the crowd into it. Going to be a nice day. Going to be a raucous. Going to be a raucous day. Going to be completely sold out. So uh, that's definitely going to be fun to see. So my game keys to the win: keep Dak Prescott off the field. He's an MVP candidate. It's strange to say, but we got to say it with Joe Burrow out, with Justin Herbert out, uh, with Trevor Lawrence banged up. I mean, it's really a situation where now you're looking at Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Um, Pat Mahomes is still always a, a, one of those guys, but Dak Prescott has to be elevated into the discussion now. Keep him off the field, get up in the game early, and just like Josh, he has the ability to turn the ball over. He's that's always been kind of his uh, his thing as well. So we're gonna have to see how the Bills approach that uh, in this one. So anything else? Anything else you want to see in this game? What do you want to see? Do you want to see them control the clock? Do you want to see fireworks? Sum it all up for us in the game plan. Well, I'm glad you brought up Dawson Knox because, to be honest, I'm just used to him not being on the field. So it was a pleasant surprise to get him back. And that was the first time that Joe Brady has been able to run some 12 personnel with both Kincaid and Knox. So, again, I'm glad that you brought up Knox's name because he is going to be another target for Allen that could be big in this game. And I'm going to throw one more name out there, too. 
Deontay oh. Hardy. Because check out this play. I tweeted this and I said that Deontay Hardy quietly had one of the biggest plays of the game. And I tweeted that late Sunday night. Um, but it was third and five from Buffalo's 35 yard line. And Hardy caught this beautiful 25 yard pass from Josh Allen to extend the drive and set up what turned out to be the game winning field goal. And I think a lot of people forgot about that because Josh just made so many plays and you're thinking that the insane play that he made on the opposite sideline where he was falling out of bounds and somehow flicked it 20 yards down the field to Latavius Murray. I think naturally our minds go to that possession and say, oh, well, because Josh made that play, we were able to kick the game winning field goal. But they were actually forced to punt on that drive because they had all those penalties get called back. So this was on the ensuing drive because the Bills defense did their job. And they got the ball back. And then this is when Deontay Hardy made that game-changing play. And I think, like I said in the tweet, that is quietly one of the plays of the game right there. So if they can find ways to use Deontay Hardy again, I am all for it. Hmm. I like it. Josh Allen, 48 career rushing touchdowns as well. Does that rear its head into this game? I think it, uh, I think it might, I think it might, this might be a home Josh Allen running game. Uh, you know, 10 touchdowns already on the season, just two away from 50, uh, 50 career touchdowns. That's, that's impressive. Uh, he's approaching territory that we've, we've never seen as well as 163 touchdowns. He's a, he's approaching that 200 touchdown mark as well that he'll hit next season. So uh, definitely some fun, some fun statistics popping up. Josh Allen still completing 66.9% of his passes, 3,400 yards. I mean, he has close to 3,800 yards. Uh, he is over 3,800, close to 3,900 yards and 35 touchdowns. Um, if the Bills were a little bit higher in the standing, cleaned up maybe a little bit of the turnovers, he would be your MVP. Still has time to do it if the Bills run the table and do secure a two or three seed uh, in this with a buy, uh, with not a buy, but with a division win. I think you could see him go from the, he's already up to the fifth best odds. I think he can catapult into the top two uh, pretty easily with that kind of finish. And he's going to want to show it in front of his fans. I mean, he's been away from home. They haven't played at home since that Jets game that he dominated with Joe Brady. Since then, they've had the Eagles game by uh, Chiefs games. It's been a month, roughly four weeks, um, since he'll uh, be on the field again in front of his home fans with Joe Brady. So it's going to be fun to see. I like Joe Brady's energy. I think, yeah, it wasn't his best second half. Played a pretty good first half, scoring, seven, uh, scoring 14 points. You'll take any game where you're averaging 28 points a game. Only six points uh, in the uh, second half of of the game, but still played fairly well. Did you showed the play? Did control a lot of the reason that they were able to even get into that timeout situation uh, was for because of the way the offense was able to still move the ball um, in that game. So do have to give credit for that and in and time of possession, they played pretty well uh, even in a couple of their field goal drives uh, against the Chiefs. So. I think it's time, Kevin, that we get into what I want to do is get into our score predictions of this game. Then we're going to talk briefly um, in our final segment. We're going to get into some playoff scenarios and what the Bills need to do, um, you know, as well as some wrap up thoughts. So let's start. Let's start with let's start with predictions now. Uh, and then we'll kind of get into our last to kind of cap off this Chiefs slash Cowboys uh, discussion. And then we'll get into kind of our segment about um playoffs so do you want you you kick us off this year uh this this game so far i think that we've both been pretty good 
two, uh, you predicted you're three and zero now because underneath the new going deep Buffalo uh, format, because you've predicted them all, I'm two and one. Um, so yeah, kick us right. off. I, I didn't even realize that. I was going to say, I can't remember what our records are because it got so murky in the middle between yeah. us having this new show and then the bills just fumble in the bag. But yeah, okay. So I guess I'm three. And I think you took you took back the lead with the Eagles one anyway. So I do know that you're probably, you know, I mean, you're in like nine and three or something, or or eight and four. You're like something like that, picking 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 the gate and eight and five maybe something like that. So uh, let us let us know, like, what what are you thinking uh, right now? I think you're nine and four. I'm eight and five. So tell us what you're thinking in this game. I think this is going to be another high scoring game. And by another, I mean, this is going to be similar to the Philly game because who would have thought that it was going to be 20 to 17 against Kansas City? I mean, if you told me last week the Bills need 18 points to beat Patrick Mahomes, I would say you're crazy. So to their credit, it was a low scoring game. But I think this is going to shift back to that high scoring game because I know that the Cowboys have that tough defense. And for the stats that we laid out, it seems like they're tough to move the ball on, especially when you have guys like Micah Parsons and then Deron Bland and Stephon Gilmore on the back end. But I think that the Bills offense is clicking. Josh is really settling in. And, you know, they they asked at his press conference today how he used that John Wick line saying, I feel like I'm back. And he said, like, yeah, I, I feel like we are getting settled in, but there are still plays out to be had. And, you know, we're still going to get better and grow from it. So I think that, Going back to my point earlier about how some teams are cooling off, the Bills are heating up. And I think no matter how good this Cowboys defense is, it's going to be hard to stop Josh Allen, especially at home. And when you have guys like James Cook and Ty Johnson and now Dawson Knox comes back into the fold, I think they're just going to throw so many different things at these Cowboys that naturally you're going to see the points increase. Now, on the other side, I think that the Bills defense can – give up some yards and some points as we've seen, but I think that they also can make the big plays when they need to and really buckle down like we saw last week in Kansas City. So all that being said, ultimately I see the Bills winning this game 34 to 30. I think it's going to be high scoring, but I think ultimately Josh gives the defense the lead once again and the Cowboys, I've been predicting field goals the last couple of weeks and I know I was right Actually, I was right both weeks with, uh, you know, just a three-point either defeat or victory. But I'm going to say that the Cowboys are going to need to drive the length of the field and get a touchdown to win. So for that reason, I'm saying Buffalo 34, Dallas 30. Yeah, that's like five out of the last seven games where the other team has had the ability to drive the field and win um, if that happens, uh, which is which is beside the Jets game. Um, might even be five out of six. Um, I have to go back and look, but they've the, the, the other offense have had a lot of chance to drive the, through the field and they've been successful minus the giants game. Uh, what ended at the one and the, uh, uh, the chiefs game that ended in turnover on downs. So, um, I mean, other than that, they have faltered in this situation, but maybe they righted the wrongs, um, last week against the chiefs in a one score game finally. Um, but they seem to play the chiefs. Well, I mean, the bills beat the chiefs. It's easy. Josh Allen's the only one to beat him three times, Patrick Mahomes three times in the regular season. Pretty impressive stat. Uh, in my opinion, that's not one that goes Brady didn't get beat at home three times very often. Um, I don't know that Mahomes will lose three. They three of their like 11 losses are to the bills at home. That, I mean, that's insane. Um, they only play once a year. They don't play. Uh, and they, that just started too. like, like that just started in really like 2020. 
Um, like, like it didn't happen prior to that before the bills got good. Like 19 was their first really good year. Um, but really started in 20 COVID year, 21, 22, 23, hopefully for 24 right now, it isn't scheduled right now. It'd be bills based on the seedings. It would be bills Broncos. The chiefs would avoid coming to Buffalo again, because now the bills will have three straight seasons where they would host the AFC West. Um, and right now it's going to be the Broncos at the moment. So hopefully, uh, that changes and you get a chiefs game. Uh, at home, but I agree. I had this going the Cowboys way for the majority of the season. I thought that this would be one that the Cowboys would, would take the bills have already taken a game in arrowhead that they needed to win this game or to, to stay alive in this. They can avoid, they can get through a loss It is not the season. They had saved their season with an AFC win last week. They cannot lose the Patriots or dolphins in most situations. Um, they can uh, avoid elimination or serious ramifications. It would still put them behind the eight ball with a loss. However, I think the bills get closer to my score prediction of 12 and five. I do think that um, getting going 11 and six is still in the cards, uh, winning five straight six of seven with the bye week. They always go on these runs at the end of the year, seven and six in 2021, the year everybody remembers big win coming off of that, that, that bucks game back then after overtime, same thing here coming out of a bye. Heard all week. The Bills haven't beaten anybody out of a bye yet. And they went to Kansas City and won. Um, so I don't care if it's by three or by 33. Going to Kansas City and winning with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, as long as they are on that team, it's a huge win. I don't care. It was still a really good game. It was more defensive, but the Bills really put in a good defensive game plan. Had a huge three and out in that game at one point where they needed it. Uh, there, there was definitely times in that game where the defense was playing super well. Um, and even on that last drive, regardless of the throwback that was offsides, uh, beside that play, I thought the defense played pretty well. So I have the bills in this game as well. I think that some of the, with the good weather, I think that the offense will show up in this game with two high power teams, but now the Cowboys playing for that one seed. I have this game kind of similar to where you had it, but maybe a tick lower, um, than you did, but I have it 30 to 27. Uh, in a walk-off field goal by Tyler Bass this this game. Uh, that's what I'm feeling the Bills having the ball on offense in a 27-27 to game for once. Uh, so that's that's kind of where I'm at with what I think may happen in this game, and we'll see. So Kevin and I are equal again uh, going into this game. But if they control the ball for 35 minutes like they did against the Chiefs, Kevin, um, that's, that's – although the points didn't overly come – um, they, they, they played a solid offensive football game uh, all around to get into the twenties, which hasn't been a thing that often on the chiefs, believe it or not. And, uh, they have an opportunity here against the Cowboys to cement themselves as back. If they go eight and six, um, off of a overtime loss, they should have won off of, in Philly, a chiefs win in Arrowhead and a, and a, and a Cowboys win. That's not a, that's not a, uh, a, a, a Patriots stretch. That's not a Patriots Titans um Carolina Panthers stretch that cements you as a top three team even though you're 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 still probably sitting in the wild card at that point uh it cements you as a top three team in this league um that's unfortunately still quote-unquote fighting for their their division lives um and probably with a Cowboys win you're in commanding position statistically because the Chiefs and the Cowboys games were the two games bringing down your analytical percentages to make the playoffs and transition us now into one of our last segments of the day, which is what do the bills need to have happen um, to, uh, to make this thing happen. And one of the biggest statistical uh, problems so far, and you're going to start to see these percentages shoot up where the fact they play the Eagles, Cowboys uh, and chiefs, they come away with that two and one 
a lot of those negative percentages are all out the window because you finish without Justin Herbert, you finish without Mac Jones uh, and a really bad New England team going into Miami. Um, so your percentages really drastically increase. I think they can be as high as like 80 to 85% for the playoffs, obviously, uh, with a win. Yeah, let's take a look here at the games. Chargers Raiders doesn't really matter. Um, in my opinion, you go to the Vikings Bengals, a Vikings game puts you in a good position. Bengals have been playing good football without Joe Burrow. It's Joe Burrow system quarterback. Uh, it's a discussion <laughs> for another day. Um, you look Colts Steelers. Uh, you know, you're rooting for the Colts. To me, I don't think it overly matters. Um, right here has it as uh, three uh, on the important scale. They pick the Colts, but that's just because of they, they they think that could help out with tiebreakers down the road. I don't think this game will really matters. One of those two teams is getting a loss anyways. Broncos. I would say we should probably root for Pittsburgh, right? Because I feel like they wouldn't be able to sustain that success because if Indy gets they hot, they might be. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like maybe if you could knock Indy down, maybe this is a time to do it because Indy has a softer schedule over the final three weeks. That's where I was thinking, but um, they have selected for it to be um, the Colts. And I see the reasoning they write here. Uh, the Steelers have beaten Las Vegas and Cincinnati while losing to Jackson, New England, meaning the Colts have beaten New England and Tampa while losing to Cincinnati and Jacksonville. Only one of these teams can uh, pass the Bills. So if it happens to be the team from Indy, root for them down in Pittsburgh, root for them to down Pittsburgh. I mean, there's a re there's a way you can jump the Colts anyways, I, I, I think is the reasoning there, but I don't think it matters. This one's pretty simple. The Bills will control their own destiny um, because the Broncos hold the tiebreaker over the Bills with that head-to-head. -head. They haven't been playing very well in the Lions, uh, but this is a pretty high importance game uh, if the Lions go ahead and uh, win, that, win that game. Obviously, Bears versus Browns, it's a pretty simple one. The Bears have been playing good football lately, especially since they traded for Montez Sweat. Um, you know, you see... Um, the Bears, their defense has been really good since they made that one move that looked like a pretty bad overpriced move. Um, it's really the trade deadlines kind of turned their season around, which has been kind of interesting compared to uh, the previous season when they went and uh, acquired Chase Claypool, uh, which was a pretty bad trade. Uh, but if they can steal this game, the Bills are in really good uh, situations. Um, obviously, continuing on, still rooting for the Titans to take down the Titans, uh, the Titans to take down the Texans. That's pretty self-explanatory. It's optimal for the Bills, especially in situations to where they do secure another loss. Um, and continuing down the down the path, um, Chiefs-Patriots, grew for the Patriots. Why not? Let's have them create some more chaos. Um, let's just put a damper in that Chiefs season. The Bills could, you know, now you're looking at seeding purposes as well. Uh, the Bills could really find themselves in the two seed, especially with something like a Patriots victory, if that's able to happen. But the biggie wiggy, uh, the Jets, the Dolphins, we've already talked about it a little bit. The Jets can secure this for you. You now control your own destiny, uh, depending on the results, for the three seed even. So the Bills could come away with this controlling their own destiny for the three seed. Uh, as, as high as the two as well, if you can get a Chiefs loss. If you get a Chiefs loss uh, in this game, and then obviously let's scroll down. Some of these games don't matter at all. Um, obviously, the, the Ravens-Jaguars game to me, room for a Ravens victory. It'll pretty much lint clinch. They've beaten all the teams now. It pretty much clinched the one for the most part, especially if some of those other teams win, but also puts the Jags very much in play uh, for the Bills to pass them as well. So the Bills could easily pass a couple of teams here and be in tied situations where the two seed uh, out of nowhere after one more week, if the things go the way they did last week, the Bills could be in a situation to where the Kevin, the two seed is um, uh, in their own control. Uh, you know, it's going to take a lot, but nothing crazy, crazy, especially Ravens-Jags game. That's not crazy, crazy. 
but the Patriots over the Chiefs is crazy, crazy. Um, but I'll, optimal standings coming in, the Bills could be uh, in a wild card position after this if all these things go right and tied with the three seeded Chiefs, only one game behind the Dolphins. So if you look at it this way, um, you know you're looking at a situation to where you would control your own destiny for the three because you have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. Um, and then you would definitely be in a situation to where you'd be in a good spot to where you could even get to the two. But would knock out the one, though. But being back in the two or three uh, would still be a friendly situation for what Bills fans are hoping for. With a loss, they could still have hope in the division, but you're probably now looking at the three to four, um, which I think anybody will take at this time. Kevin, what are your thoughts on that rooting interest rant? Well, I mean, if we could have another week like we did this past week, that would be insane. Because I was so shocked that New England beat Pittsburgh, and then the Jets beat the Texans, the Titans beat the Dolphins, and that's kind of how I want to segue into our final takeaways here, if you're ready for it, Kevin. Let's do it. Um, So, yeah, let's just get into our final takeaways, because I want to talk about the AFC East and this division race, because that was just so interesting. So we haven't really talked about that game too much, but what were your thoughts watching that game? Because personally, I'll just say, let me let me tell you my side real quick. I was up in Buffalo. I had to pick someone up from the airport. So as I was waiting, I was watching on the fantasy app. I'm trying to get updates. I had Derrick Henry in fantasy, and I was playing against uh, Mostert and Jalen Waddell, and it was getting close. I'm like, okay, for real life and for fantasy, come on, tighten up, baby. Let's go. So then Derrick Henry scored, and I was like, oh, this is actually closer than I'm thinking. And then I was expecting the Dolphins to pull away. And then sure enough, they did. The Titans just looked like they were totally giving it away. And the fact that the Titans came back to win, I was freaking out in the car on the way home. I was like, there is no way that this is happening now. Like fantasy aside, whatever, cool, I won. But for real life, the fact that teams were 0 and 767 since 2016 when trailing by 14 or more points with under three minutes to go. And Will Levis, the rookie who kind of reminds me of a rookie Josh Allen, just doing absolutely whatever it takes to win, lowering the shoulder, being a complete dog on the sidelines and on the field. I I mean, that was insane. And I've never liked the Titans, but I loved them on Monday night because watching the Dolphins fall off the cliff like that is just music to my ears. And I'm sure everyone else is too, because Again, they haven't beaten a team with a winning record since September 25th of 2022. And that was against the Bills when they had like 20 players drop out from the heat. That was a big heat game. So I've been saying this right along that the Dolphins are due to cool off. And now they have to play the Jets. And Zach Wilson looks re-energized now that he's playing stress-free football. And then they have Dallas, Baltimore, and Buffalo. That is one of the hardest schedules to close out the season. And I'll just say this before I let you uh, jump in here, Kev, but I said it before, I'll say it again. If the Bills can get past the Cowboys and they are eight and six, all things considered of what we had to go through this year, it is a totally different season for those final three weeks because now Justin Herbert's done for the year. So you would like to think that that's an easier game. The Patriots at home, that should be an easier game. And at that point, if you're 10 and six with all the momentum, and the Dolphins are, I said originally 11 and five, but maybe even they're going to be 10 and six. And the division is on the line in week 18. Man, do I like my chances. 
Yeah, to kind of capitalize on my thoughts, I just always have this feeling like the Dolphins are going to beat these bad teams. But the thing that trumped that feeling for me was that how bad they are in December. Tua started his career um, back in 2020, 2021, you know, through some of those struggling years before they kind of picked it up uh, after firing their coach, um, six and one. Um, so they were beating a lot of bad teams, you know, the, the, the post Brady, New England's, the Las Vegas is the Giants, the Jets, uh, the Saints post breeze, that kind of thing. Um, but lately in the last two years, Tua is the only victory he's had in December was his most recent victory against Washington, a team that looks terrible. Uh, it was his first December victory in, in, in a couple of years now. Uh, they haven't beat a team with a winning record for 410 plus days uh, in the Bills, and that's been the only one since the 2020 season now. Um, so the, it just is a struggle for them. Excuse me, the 2021 season. It's a struggle for them um, to, to get not only winning records, which they're starting to start facing here after the Jets, as well as December. He's uh, one in five in games in December. Uh, in his most recent memory. And we're talking about losses to San uh, San Francisco last year, the Chargers last year, and that Chargers, the Bills, the Green Bay Packers, and the Tennessee Titans, uh, only beating the Commanders. So uh, to me, I think it's a situation that leaves us wide open, AFC Player of the Week. Uh, it's definitely a situation to where I don't think they should have ever gone to Boyle. I really like Zach Wilson. He's not a top 10 quarterback. Uh, I took a lot of heat for saying that I thought he was like the 18th to 22nd ranked quarterback. And I really do believe that. I think that's where he sits. And we've seen him beat the Bills at times because he's efficient. Yes, he there's games where he looks terrible, uh, but he's efficient. Um, and he's efficient more than he looks terrible. Um, and he wins games, Eagles, Bills, um, uh, Texans. I mean, they win games at times when he when he's efficient. So he can do it. And I think that he can beat up this banged up uh, uh, Dolphins team that is now kind of trying to starting to feel that final December. Here it goes again. Are we going to even make win the division, let alone make the playoffs, uh, let alone get knocked out with all this bunch of teams. They're going to start pressing here. When if they beat the Titans and they beat the Jets, even though they had three hard games, they were still in commanding position. Uh, but now they're starting to press a little bit uh, to see if they can get it done against uh, the Jets, a divisional opponent who does play pretty well on division games that aren't the Patriots. Um, so that's kind of my takeaway. And yeah, what a, what a great game for it being, a game where there's really no relevance for many people except for either the one seed or the Bills. Um, it turned out to be a fantastic finish. Uh, one of the all-time, uh, one of the all-time chokes uh, of that we've ever seen. I mean, you you read the statistics. Uh, one of the all-time chokes. That game's at one o'clock, so we'll know the results like most of them before the Bills kick off. So at the end of the day, Bills could be in a playoff spot alone, and the Bills could control their own destiny for the three seed. Uh, all within one week. Uh, well, really two two weeks from turning around from being the 11 to controlling their own destiny into the three seed. And the final thing I wanted to bring up here, um, not my favorite predictor, as everybody knows, I complain about it because they change their percentages overnight for no reason. They, they claim they run thousands of, of, of simulations, hundreds of thousands of simulations. Um, their percentages change uh, quite frequently uh, with different situations. 66% it goes up to with just a Bills victory. But if you look here, um, you know, we talked about the importance of a 9% game um, swing between a win and a loss at the Lions game. Uh, that's a pretty big one. Uh, the Vikings game then becomes a pretty big swing game. Um, and you can start to see the puzzle come together. And I think that this site's a little bit more negative for really where it sits. Uh, if the Titans are able to do it again, the Jets games that we've talked about here. Um, and, you know, let's say some for some reason that uh, 
the Patriots get it done. The Ravens will get it done, in my opinion. I mean, you're sitting pretty in a negative end. You're at a seventy to 78% chance to make the playoffs, Kevin. So there's a lot to look forward to where they were sitting at around 18%. And I heard all of this. Uh, the Bills were in single digits to make the playoffs. Uh, they they, they up that 60% potentially uh, from Sunday to Sunday uh, with two games being played in between. So keep that in mind. Um, and that's just with one game and a Bills victory um, going forward. So things are looking on the up and up here for the Bills um, and one where they would control their own destiny. So that could be fun. The funnest thing to come out of this week would be a win in a control your own destiny situation. So uh, we really appreciate everybody tuning in. Kevin, what are your thoughts? You feeling pretty good about what could potentially be an 80% scenario uh, Sunday night? I, I really do feel good. And I alluded to this early in the show, but I want to finish by talking about this and just trying to encapsulate everything here. I love the way that the Bills responded to the whole Sean McDermott drama last week. Now, say what you want about the article, because I don't think it's proper of us to really talk about that article. But regardless, that team rallied behind their coach and the GM rallied behind the coach and the owner was in there. And that was just great to see because that could have literally unraveled and just blown out our season right there. Because if that team wasn't as tight knit as they are, they could have said, wow, coach really said that, you know, some of these guys who haven't been on the team for that long would say, that's my coach. What? And that could just be so toxic. And that's why it seemed like such a random time for that article to come out because that could have been the finishing touch on the 2023 Buffalo Bills. But the fact that they banded together and had their coaches back, because let's let's be honest, everyone makes mistakes. And by all accounts, McDermott is a good man. He goes to church. He's a good family man. And he's never had these problems before. Now, that doesn't um, you know, excuse him for some of the accusations, whether they're true or not. You know, I don't want to get into that. But at the end of the day, the team rallied behind their coach. And I think that this could really springboard them moving forward because that's one of those events where it could either end your season or it could propel you. And that aligns with what everything that I've been saying right along, that this team is going to get hot at the right time. They're going to rip off five straight wins and win the division. And the third thing that it ties into is how I was saying earlier in the show, the law of physics, what goes up must come down. And some of these teams that have been up that we've been really questioning, like the Dolphins, the Steelers, uh, even the Broncos and the Bengals, they're due to cool down. And I'll throw the Texans in there, too, for that matter, with C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins, and Tank Dell being injured. Tank Dell done for the year. So I think everything considered, I think that the Bills are right where I want them to be because the Bills are best with that underdog mentality. Buffalo versus everybody. And I think that when their backs are against the wall, that is when they play their best. And if they are angry enough, look out for the Buffalo Bills and specifically look out for Josh Allen because this could be scary. The numbers are very favorable for Bills. And if you look at the box scores and say, well, this is only a seven and six team. What do we have to worry about? Well, you're going to be sorry that you said that. There you have it. Great quote here by Tim. Uh, he says he was there. They saw the team railing around each other. They were together and you can see it. Um, really good point. 
to say, uh, really, I mean, that is some of the things that bills have been knocked for is their energy and uh, potentially, quote unquote, not being uh, losing the locker room or some of the things that we've heard recently. So all of that being false, uh, false narratives, as we can tell there. And I'll leave you with one final quote of the day. We, Josh Allen says, we need the Bills Mafia to show up and be loud. We feed off their energy and they're going to have a huge influence in this game, even if it's just a false start. Um, so I think that that's a pretty big and powerful statement. You have a huge game. You have a game as we just went, I went through the things I can, you can play this podcast on Sunday morning. You can play this at any time going through the different scenarios. The Bills control the two seed with a couple of things going right. Um, Bills could have a little bit even more chance to control the three seed. Um, this week alone with some things going right. Bills, Bills fans out there need to do whatever they can to affect this game. There's going to be Cowboys fans there. They don't get to see their team every eight years up here. There's a lot of Cowboys fake fans. No offense. Sorry, guys. Uh, there's a lot of real Cowboys fans that live down in their area, uh, but there are a lot, plenty of bandwagoners throughout the country. Um, you know, they've been a historic team, but there's no better way to cement yourself as a team to beat the team behind really the Ravens and the 49ers to beat the Cowboys at home in a situation to where the fans can help do something like that, even if it's as simple as a false start. So get out there, support the team, be loud, be proud, and bring home a win because we're going to have a fun show here at 7 o'clock next Tuesday talking about the two seed rather than um, because the one seed will be out of hand by then, especially with the Ravens win. We'll be talking about a two seed rather than talking about what 100% scenarios we need the final three games to go right it'll be a much funner edition with the bills victory and you guys can help support that as always this show is brought to you by sons of erie www.sonsoferie.com get out there that have this i mean this thing's half price i mean this thing's like 29.99 or something uh get out there check it out with some great holiday shows smash that like button on facebook smash that like button on youtube and for all of our on-demand listeners out there that listen on apple Podcasts and spotify we appreciate you and thank you so much for being part of this journey. One that didn't have a lot of hope as soon as three weeks ago uh, after that Jets game through Joe Brady now seems to have scenarios to where you're 80% likely for the playoffs and a path to control your own two seed uh, seems like a master flip uh, in just three weeks. And like, rightfully so it's great for the NFL to have the bills in there over some of these teams that don't have quarterbacks. So we really appreciate everybody tuning in for this 90 minutes. I'm Kevin Nasseri. That's Kevin Syracuse from the Going Deep Buffalo Show on the Built in Buffalo podcast. And lastly, lookouts are for some amazing giveaways coming out. Both ends, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff from Built in Buffalo. We're going to be having some signed jerseys, some signed balls, some signed cards. You saw Dalton Kincaid card uh, for his amazing work with the Autism Community Summit Center. Check them out and what they're able to do. Actually, Dawson Knox wore cleats to support the Summit Center. Or excuse me, Dalton Kincaid wore cleats to support the Summit Center. Uh, which was a great as supported on our show here on the Going Deep Buffalo show. He wore cleats to support autism, acceptance, and awareness. Check them out because they can use every dollar of support. And we really appreciate Dalton Kincaid doing so uh, in, in that game as well. I tweeted out a card that is really rare card, jersey card, and we're going to have such so much more. So we really appreciate everybody supporting us and being here for us on the Going Deep Buffalo, especially from the Built in Buffalo Network. We have some fun things planned. We have a heck of lineup coming out towards you. Uh, we're leading some charges with new shows, so it's going to be fun. we got the Buffalo Blitz at air on Tuesdays. Uh, we got the Bill's Chat Pod. We have so much other good. We have the Buffalo Basement airing over here on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. 
on Thursday. So we have a lot of fun stuff coming at you over here. And it's being it's never been a funner time to actually have some great content with some great content producers. So we'll check you guys all out next Tuesday. And hopefully we're talking about two seed scenarios uh, and not how we can scrape to the seven. So from Kevin, that's Kevin. I uh, will be back at you Wednesday at seven o'clock right here on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. And we look forward to talking more then.